This podcast is part of Mishmash Media. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to another episode of Curbcast. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And this is our bonus podcast at the moment, exclusively on Patreon, where we get episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm in chronological order, and we review them scene by scene. And Stephen, we are at the tail end of season three. We're up to episode eight, Crazy As Killer. Yeah, bit of a mystery title before I watched it. I had no idea what it was about, uh, but <laughs> this episode is an absolute rip snorter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's funny. And the actor who plays crazy eyes is hilarious too yeah no i can't wait to talk about him yeah yeah for sure anyway let's get into the plot synopsis for this episode this one aired in the u.s on november 3rd 2002 in this episode wanda sykes has a new boyfriend gangster rapper crazy eyes killer who shares a little more with his new friend larry david than a replacement jacket needed for a scene in the new martin scorsese film which was referenced as uh, an episode or two ago meanwhile larry offends susie by not taking a tour of her new house ultimately in typical larry david fashion he ruins everything through a conversation he has with Cheryl where she does all the talking. Yeah, uh, everything kind of goes wrong for Larry in this. And uh, again, it's another case of him doing something that isn't really a big deal and people either misunderstanding or overreacting and uh, it causing a whole bunch of uh, unwanted problems for him. Yeah, it's a running theme for the epi- uh, for the series. Yeah, yeah. In this, uh, in series one and two, uh, Larry seemed to be in the wrong a bit more. But uh, I think in this series, he seems to just happen upon misfortune rather than uh, cause misfortune by his own poor judgments. So, uh, yeah, a bit more sympathy mm. for Larry in this season, especially in this episode. Yeah, and a lot more development for the characters too. Yeah, no, that's another theme we've talked about quite a bit. The writers seem a bit more confident in this season and they're really flexing their muscles and adding new dimensions to the characters, which is uh, really good. It is. And uh, I just have one bit of trivia for the episode. So the actor who plays Crazy Eyes, his name's Chris Williams, he actually wrote the lyrics um, on the day that the scene was shot in, in the opening scene, the lyrics to the song. And uh, Larry David said he hadn't heard the lyrics before shooting the scene and his reactions were... Uh, were used in the episode. His actual initial reactions were used in the episode. I like how he uh, he just seems to really go with it. Um, yeah, he loves uh, it. Yeah, and his and his suggestion is uh, received very well by Crazy Eyes Killer, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute. But uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I love that sort of stuff when uh, the actors are so professional, they just go along with whatever happens, and then that's what's used in the actual uh, final cut. Yeah, that's the beauty of Curb because they, I think my understanding is they just get like an outline of the scene and like what they're aiming to do, and then they just you know say what they want because that's why the conversation seems more natural than other shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot less scripted for sure. What was the actor's mm. name who played? Crazy Crazy Eyes Killer's name? Chris Williams. Chris Williams. I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah, for a, well, I assume for a non-rapper, he uh, he can come up with some pretty good gangster rap lyrics, especially uh, last <laughs> He can. Yeah, no, they were uh, pretty uh, biting, weren't they? Maybe he's a rap fan, so, you know, he's got that to uh, at least, uh, you know, influence him. He grew up in the gangster rap era. I'm, I'm guessing he's probably like in his 40s. He looks a bit older. So maybe, yeah. So he's probably grown up with like NWA and stuff and he knows yeah. their stuff. He would have seen rap go from like the more wholesome, family-friendly 80s to the more hardcore gangster version in the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> NWA and Dr. Dre and Snoop and all those, yeah, those legends really- of the craft of the field. Reminds me of a Family Guy cutscene where I can't remember the episode, but Peter warns these uh, 80s uh, black hip-hop guys to run away from the 90s black hip-hop guys because the 80s guys <laughs> are just like run DMC, you know, just sort of flyboys and- um, Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, not fly girls and what are they called? The breakdancers? Big boys and fly girls, I think they're yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
B-Boys and Fly Girls, yeah. you know, they're just sort of like, they're not badasses, but then the, the 90s gangster rappers, oh, the 90s <laughs> black rappers are, uh, are all, you know, more like um, you know, carrying guns. Like a bit racist, a bit stereotypical, but uh, funny anyway. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine it was quite a culture shock back then. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, scene one of Crazy Eyes Killer. Uh, at a house party, Wanda is showing off her engagement ring to Cheryl as her boyfriend, Crazy Eyes Killer, shows it off. Uh, Larry is crushing bubble wrap on the staircase as he loves the noise. Cheryl asks why he's doing it. He says that he enjoys the sound of it. And I actually enjoy doing that as well. Whenever I get packaging and there's bubble wrap, I'll just grab the wrap and click it with my fingers. Yeah, it is very satisfying. And same with crushing bottles as well. Oh, yeah, and cans. As and well. cans, yeah. There's something very satisfying about crushing, yeah, either bubble wrap or containers. It's, it's the sound, mm. yeah. There's just something very, very tactile and uh, and and satisfying about it. It's just so addictive. Yeah, not environmentally friendly, but very addictive nonetheless. No, no, that's true. But uh, yeah, you know, the environment's copped it long enough. You know, it can take another one for us. <laughs> yeah, another another sheet of bubble wrap and we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Larry wants to leave as he has a script to pick up at Jeff's new house in their neighborhood. So Jeff moved in in the same neighborhood as Larry. So they're almost like neighbors. He adds that they're keeping the dog as Jeff is taking allergy medication. Uh, Cheryl convinces Larry to stay for a bit more. Crazy chats to Larry and says that he writes his own rap lyrics as he raps uh, the song, I'm coming to get ya. Larry suggests to lose the word motherfucker at the end of the lyrics and change the word to bitch. And uh, Crazy agrees to the change. And yeah, like he said at the start, he's very, uh, very open to Larry's ideas because he, he's his uh his n-word he calls him yeah i mean he 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 comes up to larry for help with the lyrics uh, and yeah he's very receptive and very happy with uh, larry's suggestion to change the motherfucker because it's the second fuck in his verse and larry says to him that you only need one fuck and you want to change that motherfucker to bitch because that's a disrespectful <laughs> term and at first i thought crazy eye killer a uh, crazy eyes killer was gonna not be uh very receptive of it and uh go off at larry but uh as soon as he you see him consider it for a couple of seconds and he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he calls him, yes, my N-word, a word which we yeah. say. Um, no, no. Yeah, and Larry looks really uh, chuffed that Crazy Eyes Killer has received him so well, you know, because there's obviously a huge difference in how they are as people and the cultures that they identify with. You know, Larry's your just your typical kind of disgruntled, well, more disgruntled than normal old white guy. Crazy Eyes Killer mm. embodies the sort of the, the hip-hop, you know, the gangster hip-hop stereotype, like he's a player, he's a gangster, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He lives large. But the fact that uh, Crazy Eyes Killer receives him so so well it seems to make larry really really happy yeah no he's really receptive because he does respect larry because he knows he's the writer of seinfeld although the greater so he respects his uh the fact that he can write really well so he, he's chuffed when he gets his opinion yeah they're both uh you know even though they're both very different people uh i think the fact that they get along from the start makes them both really happy yeah absolutely anyway crazy asks if larry likes uh cunning lingus but larry says he can hurt his neck as crazy talks about how much he enjoys it uh, crazy says that wonder will never find out about his variety of uh, pussy <laughs> his words uh, that he likes to uh, go down on as Larry heads off so uh, yeah he's really into uh, into that uh, activity yeah this to me is a, a really great scene and it just typifies Larry mm. where he he's got enough morals in the moment to say to crazy eyes you know you shouldn't be talking about this we shouldn't be doing this you know you're getting married you kind of got to uh you know straighten up a bit but he also admits that he doesn't really like doing it himself because it, he's a bit lazy and it hurts his neck so it's yeah it typifies larry where he's not completely immoral but uh he also admits that he doesn't really like you know doing something nice for his wife even if he doesn't like it so yeah it's it's a great scene i really love it yeah, yeah it really shows that he likes his needs over hers yeah exactly and yeah and, and Crazy Eyes Killer is obviously not a very nice person. And the fact that he just declares it so brazenly to someone he just met 
yeah, to me, demonstrates that he obviously doesn't, I mean, he obviously doesn't care anyway because he's cheating, but the fact that he's telling relative strangers that he's cheating and then expecting them to keep it secret when, you know, Wanda is Larry's friend or, or at least vicariously through Cheryl, um, mm. you know, is sort of just salt in the wound, I guess. It is. Hey, you a writer, right? Yeah. I wrote some shit this morning. I wrote some shit, you know, I write my own lyrics and yeah, shit, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want to help me out with it? I've never written rap. It's all right. Stuff, but... now, I'm going to see what you got. Okay, go I'm ahead. see what you got, all right? Check this shit out. It's called I'm Coming to Get You. I'm Coming right? to Get You. Okay. Right. So you think you're going to cross me and mess with my shit? Opening your fucking trap and flapping your lip? Oh, fuck with me, nigga. You're going to get dropped. I'll snap off your neck with a crackle and pop. Um, in the next scene, Larry goes to Jeff's new house and he answers the door. Uh, Jeff hands him the script and asks him to read it as Susie walks in and praises their house. And uh, she offers a tour to Larry, but Larry declines. Susie gets very pissed off at his refusal. She tells Larry to leave the house as she is very, very angry. So she's so proud that her and Jeff are back together and the daughter has you know, a father again. And you know um, Jeff is taking medicine for the dog so he doesn't get allergies. And everything's just going right. And she's so proud of their bigger, you know, their larger two-story house and uh, Larry says oh I'm not really keen on the house tour and Susie just uh, she takes real lots of offense to it yeah I uh, really respect Larry's honesty I mm. been in that situation where you know someone moves into a place and you've got a pretty good idea you know you walk into the lounge room and you can kind of figure out what the rest of the house would look like and yeah unless, we all- it's, unless it's a really interesting house or unless there's something really really different about it most houses are more or less the same you know bathrooms a bathroom cool your bed your couch I don't really care I've never, I've never refused <laughs> a house tour but there have been many house tours where it's like, I didn't need to see that. I don't care. I haven't seen anything that I haven't seen before. You know, I don't care about your bed or your couch or your, your bath, whatever. Oh, there's your toilet. Cool. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I get it's more to make the other person happy because they're proud of their new place and they want, you know, you to enjoy it and you to see what they've done with it, if they've decorated it or whatever. But, you know, unless you live in a castle, or unless you've got weird artwork, or unless you've got like an underground cellar or a secret door or something, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Crazy Eyes Killer's house is pretty cool in the latest scene that looks way better than uh, Jeff's house it's got a lot of interesting things yeah look I'm probably going to be the whitest guy who's ever existed but uh, I'm going to go out and say that it's a lot more pimpin pimpin (laughs) big big pimpin like Jay-Z in 2001 exactly Yeah, back at home, Cheryl asks if Larry thought the party was fun and if he talked to Crazy. Cheryl says that Crazy gets around, so she's aware that he uh, has affairs, even to Wanda's knowledge. He lets slip of Crazy's obsession with Cunning Lingus. Uh, Cheryl says that she will call Wanda, thinking that Crazy is having an affair behind her back, but Larry says that Crazy's violent lyrics could be a threat to them to stop her from calling Wanda. So, uh, you know, with Crazy Eyes, I feel like he's not really a dangerous person. He's probably just all show. You know, and uh, yeah, but Larry, he he takes, uh, he's really scared of the lyrics and he thinks that it's a direct threat. Yeah, he takes it literally. He doesn't understand that a lot of gangster rap and rap lyrics is mostly posturing. Um, you know, there yeah, are posturing, some, yeah, yeah. yeah, there are some real, uh, you know, very dangerous people who've acted on what they rapped about and live the lives that they, they rap about. But uh, a lot of it is just sort of dick measuring, really. And I do like the setup of how Larry accidentally admits um, the extent of Crazy Eyes cheating. You know, Cheryl's saying that he gets around, but just that he flirts not that he actually does anything yeah Uh, and then cheryl picks up that larry's like hang on there's something more going on here he has to to admit it because he's too far gone yeah yeah no another really good scene i like it yeah yeah and uh, larry by that stage you know he feels like uh you know it could be a threat to them like crazy eyes yeah 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 i like how he um (laughs) he says you know i want what did he say i want my my legs my penis and my my testicles (laughs) 
In scene four, Jeff and Larry are having coffee at a pop-up coffee shop as Jeff tells him that Susie was upset for not taking the house tour with Larry and Larry dismisses these concerns. So uh, yeah, I think I feel like Jeff probably didn't really, wasn't too bothered about the house tour. He, she, he probably thought Larry can see at any time, but uh, he was, you know, he, I think he was trying to, you know, make Susie feel better and make it look like that, uh, you know, he kind of cared as well. Yeah, I think he was just trying to play devil's advocate, like, uh, you know. Yeah, that's it. Like understand his wife's, I guess, reaction but also not make too much out of it and uh, expect his friend to, you know, kowtow to the psychotic and completely unbalanced behavior of Susie. So, yeah, he's, he's just trying to, you know, walk that line. Yeah, and Larry completely mocks Susie as well. Yeah, yeah. Larry returns home as Cheryl walks on bubble wrap by mistake. He asks for the cream-colored jacket from the Scorsese film that he was in with the hole. Uh, Cheryl says that she threw it away as it was ruined and Larry says that he needs the jacket for the reshoot and he has a hole in it because that's where he was shot. Um, Cheryl tells him which story it's in. Yeah, and and I, I think Larry in this scene is uh, has a bit of a right to be pissed off at Cheryl. Um, you know, Cheryl's just like, nah, jacket's ugly, threw it out. You know, she fair enough. She mistakes that it has a hole in it, but uh, I understand why Larry's a bit bit upset with her. Yeah, but it has. It's like a prop, you know. And even like in the later scene, Larry, like the wardrobe artist, says to Larry, "Why did you take the jacket? You're not meant to take wardrobe from the set to home. It just doesn't make sense." Yeah, I don't know. He probably, uh, I don't know, forgot about it. You don't, I don't think mm. you see it. I can't remember which episode it is. I guess it's episode four or five of season three where this whole, uh, the first half of this storyline that the jacket is part of um, is set up the, the movie with Scorsese. I don't think he's wearing that jacket in that opening scene. Mm. No, I, I don't think so either. No. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice way to sort of close off this, uh, you know, this storyline, which we'll talk about more as the episode goes on. Yeah, for sure. Larry goes to buy the jacket at the store as the salesperson takes it off him to get ready for the sale. So he's got to like fold it up and stuff. Uh, Larry looks at more clothes as the salesperson says he needs to fold the clothes. Larry mocks him and says it's an easy job. You know, it's not complicated like you say. They get in and of, of course, they get into an argument at Larry's fault. And uh, the salesperson asks Larry to leave, refusing to sell him the jacket. So, uh, yeah, Larry's just uh, pretty rude. I mean, this guy seems, you know, pretty keen on his craft and uh, he enjoys folding and he loves the whole process of the sale. Yeah, look, I am going to disagree. I'm going to say that, you know, Larry was very rude to him at the end and he kind of unnecessarily escalated it. But I feel like the owner, I'm guessing his last name is Mitchell because the shop probably Mitchell's on Melrose. I look. I would just let Larry fold it, do the sale, and then as soon as Larry's left, just fold it the way it should be, rather than mm. just let it be folded a certain way. And I don't know, it just it just felt like uh, it could have been handled a bit better by both of them. Yeah, and, but yeah, Larry, Larry acted more aggressively. But I feel like the the shopkeeper could have just prevented anything from happening by just yeah folding it after he left. And he and he would have yeah. the sale, you know. So the owner was being a prima donna. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I think he was just being a bit too. I wouldn't say a prima donna because he he didn't he didn't sort of um overreact you know he wasn't yelling he was quite calm and, and professional through the whole thing but uh i think he just was a tiny bit too precious about it yeah um yeah i get what you mean <laughs> yeah it was probably it was mostly larry's fault for escalating it but the salesman could have handled it better yeah and i mean larry's comment at the end when he's like do you think i'd recommend your piece of shit store to anyone you know was very very rude and unnecessary that was a bit of a misleading line because the salesperson says that if any of your friends come in here to get the jacket will refuse them and then larry says that piece of shit line oh I was thinking that would branch off into like another subplot in the episode. I thought that maybe Larry would try and get Jeff, you know, to go get the jacket or something and then something would go awry. I, I thought it would lead to something because usually if a throwaway line happens from like a secondary character on Curb, it can lead to like another development in the episode. Is that what you were thinking? I, I wasn't, but I understand why you were. You know, it is pretty common in Curb Your Enthusiasm where, you know, a line, yeah, like what, what seems like an innocuous throwaway line at the start sets up something that happens.
happens in the you know second or third act. Yeah, and it would have been a I could imagine a storyline where uh, you know Jeff has to come in and uh, try and pretend that he doesn't know Larry, and it's just that it's a coincidence that he's buying the jacket, or someone who doesn't actually know Larry wants to buy the jacket, and he has to convince uh, the the shopkeeper that he's not actually Larry's friend at all. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. the, the shopkeeper thinks that he's he's uh, lying. Yeah, I don't even know who you're talking about. I just want to buy the jacket, you know, and then that causes tension. I thought you know what would be awesome if like Crazy Eyes was the guy pretending to be the friend and like we didn't know that crazy eyes had the same jacket and then crazy eyes walks in you know and says oh i need this jacket and then the salesman's like i sold this to you like three days ago who are you trying to buy it for yeah yeah that'd be funny it would yeah. have been funny to get crazy eyes involved and then we find out that crazy eyes had the jacket the whole time yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been good too but anyway i'm sure there were different options they came up with but it was still funny nonetheless yeah they could have gone many different ways but uh, the way they went was uh, perfectly fine larry sees a note that cheryl went for drinks with wanda on the fridge he has thoughts about uh, well it's one of those flashback sequences again on the show i think it's the second time this happens where larry has that kind of thought and it's like very it's like a foggy kind of uh, frame like screen and stuff it just looks like uh you know it looks like a flashback or a dream sequence um he has thoughts about cheryl telling wanda about crazy cheating on him and that larry found out and that uh wanda walks off to tell crazy uh, but that larry found out about the situation uh, he calls i think i'm guessing it's like a switchboard or something or a directory to get crazy's number with no success was that like a directory or something yeah i think it's just directory assistance where you call yeah where you, you know you just call them the operator or directory assistants you just, the operator yeah yeah you try and get someone's phone number um, or address by giving <laughs> personal details but obviously crazy eye killer crazy eyes killer is uh, a stage name or a rap name his name's probably like Darren Johnson or something very very <laughs> boring and uh, yeah it, it's funny that it sort of demonstrates how out of touch Larry is in most scenarios where he thinks that crazy eyes killer is you know a, a legitimate name and that he would be listed <laughs> for that name. yeah he's, he's so out of touch. Yeah, I mean, even if you know nothing about hip-hop or entertainment or stage names at all, even if you have completely no idea, it would require... Like, I don't know, like you would still assume that, well, Crazy Eyes Killer is not someone's real name. And if it is, then, hmm. you know, that's that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's such an uncommon thing. But, you know, Larry keeps on trying variations. He's like, you know, maybe maybe Crazy with a, with a K, you know. Yeah. Or maybe Eyes Killer is like his surname. Like word. Yeah, he, he tries so many variations. I can imagine the um the operator on the other end of the line just going, who is this guy? Like, Is this a prank? Yeah, obviously this is not the guy's real name. Um, no. Yeah, so it was like, to me, that was a very subtle, you know, reminder of how out of touch uh, and disconnected from reality Larry really is in most circumstances. Yeah, it is a funny scene how he tries to get it, but uh, I feel like eventually, um, I don't know, I don't know how he got that, how <laughs> he got the address. I'm sure he figured something out. Well, did, he went to the house party there, didn't he? Was it at their place? No, it looked like another house. Oh, okay. See, I thought it looked he like was... a smaller house. He looks like he lives like in a mansion. Yeah, see, I thought he was calling the directory assistance to get Crazy Eye Killer's phone number. Oh, that must have been what it was, the phone yeah, number. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like, I just want to get his phone number so I can call him up and ask where Cheryl was. Oh, and, and then he just, you're right, and then he just turned yeah. up to the address. Yeah, I'm sorry, no, he was, of course. Go to his house. Oh, yeah, no, sh- of course. It was at Crazy's house, the, the party. Of yeah. course it was. Oh, silly me. You know, he was after his his phone number. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that's why drove trip over there. Yeah, for sure. And he probably, you know, not just to save him time, but um, he probably didn't want to go and see Crazy Eyes Killer anyway because he was worried that uh, he, he might have already known that uh, one mm. about his infidelity. Yeah, because of his dream, his, uh, his um, thoughts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Larry goes to Crazy's 
house as he invites Larry on a house tour. Crazy tells him where the girls went for a drink at some bar. A Larry, not wanting to do what he did to Susie, begrudgingly accepts the tour as he as he walks a Larry around the house. The scene cuts to them walking into his bedroom called the Oriental Room. <laughs> you can see where his uh, fetish lies. Crazy calls his maid delicious to clean up Larry's rubbish as he spots the jacket in Crazy's cupboard, the jacket that Larry needs for the reshoot the next day. Larry asks if he can borrow it. Crazy says to try it on and he gives Larry the jacket and Larry says that he has to go. Larry goes to the bar where Cheryl and Wanda are and uh, their other friend Barbara who was in the season uh, episode one Chet shirt. Uh, she's uh, Chet's widow. She's there as well. Larry speaks to them and says that Crazy told him where they were. Wanda reveals that Crazy is cheating on her and that Wanda will confront him about it. So she already knows that it's uh, it's happening. Yeah, you don't really find out um, who told Wanda. But uh, I do like Larry trying to tell her that, you know, it's it's the right thing to do to let Crazy Eyes Killer who told her, but uh, also trying not to let on that it was him or that he thinks it's yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's trying to- You don't want to get the wrong person in trouble. He's trying to set it up so that, you know, when Wanda confronts him, Wanda will confirm that it's not Larry, but he's mm. also trying to hide the fact that he knew beforehand. It's, you know, it's it's a it's a delicate line. I do yeah. like, going back to the start of this scene, my favorite part is when um, the tiny little montage of crazy eyes giving Larry the tour you know usually when you give someone a tour you point out the highlights of the room like oh you know that's my desk that I got made or that's you know that artwork on the wall was a thing that I got in Japan or whatever but he just points out the most mundane shit he's like oh yeah we got some tables and chairs and shit and uh and then I think he goes to the bathroom or something and he's like oh yeah we got some floor shit yeah basic stuff he doesn't know what anything is he probably hired like a decorator or something he's just like here's here's my money you know (laughs) why why would you think he's right that's probably what he did yeah yeah I, I don't think I think they're trying to uh, make crazy eyes killer you know a player but not a not a player with any sort of class or sophistication no class he has the money to burn but he doesn't have the style or the or the class to figure out what he wants yeah he just buys you know fly shit but uh he doesn't know anything about it yeah it's like an early rendition of mtv cribs it's like yeah i bought this because it looks good <laughs> he would have been good on that show in this scene actually you said before that you expected um when the owner of mitchell's on melrose said you know don't send any of your friends in here larry to to buy a jacket you thought that that would split off to a, or you know, set up a, a scene later on. In this scene, I thought it was uh, going to be that case when Crazy Eyes Killer insists that Larry can throw the rubbish on the floor, that the maid will come and clean it up, that Delicious will come and clean it up. And yeah. uh, the fact that he calls out for Delicious and she doesn't show up, I think twice, maybe even three times, I thought that was going to set up something, you know, where, you know, for some reason, Delicious not not showing up when Crazy Eyes Killer calls out for her, you know, for, for some reason, but it doesn't, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Just ignoring him or she's, you know, she's in the other end of the house or whatever yeah she's an unseen character it's probably like time constraints yeah 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 they kind of do so yeah. much yeah larry says that wanda needs to straighten out her story like we mentioned before um wanda decides to leave the bar to face him for his infidelity and cheryl asks larry to walk wanda to her car in the next scene back at home cheryl is home drunk and asks larry why he didn't want to dance with her because in the previous scene larry looked at barbara and felt really bad like he didn't want to make her upset um and larry explains how widows react when they see couples dancing which is pretty uh, a pretty funny explanation explanation i think cheryl says that she didn't tell wonder about crazy's infidelity she asked larry what he asked crazy about regarding oral sex as if larry came up with the conversation larry lets slip that he doesn't like cunning lingus much as it hurts his neck sometimes and uh, crazy knocks on the door looking for larry and uh, larry runs up the stairs in fright crazy yells at him to come downstairs saying that wanda left him and asking what larry said to her larry denies he did anything at all and crazy demands his jacket back larry throws it to him and crazy is frustrated at this he's like you what you just threw it from the val- from the balcony motherfucker <laughs> he's yeah. so pissed off 
Yeah, but um, you know, he doesn't pose anywhere near as uh, much a threat that Larry fears. No. I did like in this episode as well, again, really good writing where the bubble wrap and the bottle crushing storyline was kind of, you know, it was funny. It was a little quirk of Larry's, but you're thinking what, like, why is it in this episode? And it finally pays off because uh, Larry's hiding from Crazy Eyes Killer, but then he accidentally steps on the bubble wrap, giving his little- Oh, the bubble away. wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah Crazy Eyes I Killer, forgot that, yeah. Yeah, Crazy Eyes Killer is like, hang on, what's that sound? And then, um, you know, he calls Larry down because he realizes that uh, he's upstairs hiding after hearing the bubble wrap. So <laughs> I can hear you stepping on bubble wrap, motherfucker. He says yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, good setup at the start you know and then again at larry's house when cheryl steps on it you're like hang on what's like why is this bubble wrap in here surely it's not just to you know make larry extra weird that he likes bubble wrap but uh yeah the way they the way they paid that off is uh really 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 clever i like it i could imagine larry was stepping on that like half an hour before that happened <laughs> before yeah. the incident Yep. Yeah. He just loves it. He has a, and that's his fetish. I mean, for crazy eyes, it's cunning lingus, but for Larry, it's a bubble wrap. Yeah. You know, everyone's got their uh, devices, <laughs> I guess. What is that? What is that? That's cool, it is. Who is it? It's Kim. Um, hold on a second. Come on. Hey, where's, where's Larry at? I, I, Larry! You popping those fucking bubbles. Now, I hear you popping those fucking bubbles. Get your ass down here. Larry is in bed and it's implied that he gave Cunning Lingus to Cheryl. Uh, he grabs his glasses as he adjusts his neck. Uh, he tries to cough something up from his throat as Cheryl walks in. And Cheryl's like, are you okay? And then Larry says, I think I have a pubic hair stuck in the back of my throat. And uh, we see Cheryl, you know, she seems very uh, relaxed, so to speak, after what happened. She seems very satisfied. And uh, Larry kills it by uh, saying that. And then her mood just changes. You can see her facial, facial features. You, know, you can see her face just change. Yeah, it's obviously um, something that doesn't happen a lot for Cheryl so you know even though Larry probably did it out of guilt because uh, Cheryl found out that uh, you know he doesn't really like doing it yeah the, the mood is ruined by Larry I mean you know something stuck in your throat is very irritating and it's hard to sort of to disguise that but Larry I think could have been a bit more subtle about it for sure yeah <laughs> and the pubic hair in the throat actually goes into the next episode that we're going to do next week <laughs> I thought that was going to be it you know <laughs> but you watch the first scene of episode 9 and yeah. it's there it's so yeah, good. No, perfect segue because you know towards you know, which we'll talk about in a second. Larry's still got the pubic hair in his throat a couple of days later. And yeah, the opening scene of next week's episode, straight away, you know, he's at the doctor's office and it opens up <laughs> and just coughing. And it's, yeah, yeah. a really good time. Yeah, it was surprising that it was still there. I thought it would be gone by then, but uh, obviously not much time has passed in between episodes. No. In the final scene, Larry meets Martin Scorsese at the film set. That's um, the director from The Corpse Sniffing Dog, the previous episode. He tells Martin that he doesn't have the jacket. And Martin says that he can't reshoot the scene until a crew member gets another jacket and the, like I said the wardrobe uh, the head of the wardrobe or whatever they call him I came up with the jacket and Larry says why did you you know why didn't why did you make me bring a jacket and then she says you're not supposed to bring wardrobe stuff you know you're not supposed to bring parts of the wardrobe home you're supposed to leave it here and she always has backups just in case which is uh, pretty smart yeah I'm sure um things go wrong with uh, wardrobe you know with props and wardrobe all the time you know they get stained or damaged or lost or taken by accident yeah so smart to have a, uh, a backup because you need that consistency oh you have to yeah I mean you need the continuity especially for reshoots which reshoots are frustrating themselves yeah i believe the uh the industry term they're called pickups pickups is that what a reshoot is yeah i think so well maybe maybe not reshoots but additional scenes i learned that from oh right the lord of the rings dvd uh extras because those movies were so long and there was so much storyline they filmed like the you know the main 98 percent of it and then like a year later when they had done the final edit what's his name the director peter jackson realized that he needed yeah. a couple of extra scenes to like flesh out certain parts so he called all the actors back to New Zealand and uh, he's like you know we shot some pickups 
And that, for some reason, that word always uh, remained with me. So there you go. Okay. That's so about, it must be a synonym with uh, reshoots. Yeah, that, I think that's the industry term. That's about the extent of my industry knowledge of uh, of uh, filming of films. Or maybe one day you'll be at a film set. Yeah, that's for some I'll reason. Just, I'll just hang around <laughs> movie sets and remind people that uh, they're actually called pickups. Like, what are you? Yeah. Who are you? And I'll be like, well, I'm uh, I'm here to remind you that uh, the reshoots are actually called pickups. <laughs> and then you'll say, can I be an extra? Yeah, that's all I do. I just stand around and remind people that it's called pickups. That's it. <laughs> they're called pickups, Scorsese. If yeah. he ever comes to Australia, they're called pickups. What would you know, Scorsese? <laughs> and then Larry tells Martin that he went through so much trouble to get the jacket, and he 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 said it was all for nothing as he walks to make up. And Martin and his one of his assistants are having a chat, and Martin's really pissed off at Larry and says, "How many scenes do we have to shoot with this guy? He's so frustrated with him." And in the last scene, Larry is filming a, a bar scene uh, with a couple of other actors, and he's still has the pubic hair down his throat and he starts hoiking it up or he starts gagging and uh, the scene cuts and that's the end of the episode yeah no really good way to end and uh yeah good payoff and yeah like we said before it was set up for um the start of the next episode yeah a very nice segue into episode nine but anyway um out of five larry's my friend what do you give this one i give this one four i quite enjoyed this one i give this one five. Oh, five! beautiful this is easily my favorite episode of the season. Um, Fabulous. I guess the only thing that I would say detracts from it, and it doesn't really detract enough for me to lower my score, um, is that uh, it doesn't contain any link to the main storyline of the season, which is uh, the restaurant um, that's slowly coming together, but was recently derailed by the corpse-sniffing dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do like I do like episodes that are just sort of standalone, but I just thought if they just had one reference, even if it was just a line or a scene or something about the restaurant, just to sort of keep it, you know, linked up, I thought that would have made it a tiny bit stronger. But again, mm. that my uh, quibble with the episode is so mild that it's still five out of five for me. I, I thought Crazy Eye Killer was an amazing character. Yeah, uh, Chris Williams did really well. Yeah. The uh, the sort of the connection between Larry and Crazy Eye Killer, uh, Crazy Eye's Killer was really, really funny for me. I liked how Cheryl was a bit more back to her assertive season one and two self in this episode. Um, yeah, she wasn't as passive or pedestrian like she has been this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She seems to be a bit more confident, which was nice to see. Um, you know, it, it has been nice to see her uh, change the character and be a bit more passive, but it's also nice to see her return to, uh, you know, the, the more familiar uh, Cheryl that we see in season one and two. Yeah, Larry was on fire in this episode. Episode. I love he was. Uh, Susie and Jeff's storyline. Susie, I think, was probably her most psycho in this episode. The fact that she just, I think, what does she call Larry? Like a psychotic piece of shit or something for refusing something like that. Kicks him mm -hmm. out. Yeah, just loved it all around. What about you? Yeah, um, you, you no, it was great. One. I gave it four. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's not five out of five, but it's definitely one of the better, the better season three episodes. I agree. Yeah, and just, um, I, I just loved everything about it. I can't really fault it at all. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad you got a five out of five this season. Yep, <laughs> excellent. That was another episode of Curbcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us at curbcastpod at gmail.com if you want to say hello. And uh, you can find us on social media. Just go to today's show notes and uh, check it all out. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we'll be back next week for the penultimate episode of season three. We're nearly at the end. And uh, you take care of yourselves and each other. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of Mishmash Media, an independent podcast network. Follow us on social media at Mishmash Media AU or support us on Patreon. All those links are in the show notes.